This is week three of our series with Derek Miner. First, we introduced the concept of the trap. Next, Miner broke down the first seven tracks of the album in part one of the song Breakdown. Now, in the final installment and part two of the album Breakdown, Derek Miner ties up the rest of the album. Just like the previous articles, this story will include an audio version that you can listen to or read along with. We also encourage you to go back and listen to the first two parts to hear the entire story. Also, note that in a few instances, words were omitted for reading clarity purposes. Enjoy. Now we have a I Have a Dream. Yeah, I Have a Dream. Uh, obviously based off of the, the Martin Luther King mm-hmm. uh, speech. But for me, it was like what my dream looks like. Uh, so just kind of, t- I want to, you know, the music you hear it has these chains and like just this, this, this uh, kind of, like when you think of it, you think of just like, like Martin Luther King March on Washington when you when you hear the beat. So I kind of wanted to take that, uh, you know, take that vibe and kind of talk about you know what my dream is for today. If Martin Luther King was to do that, Martin Luther King speech today, what would his dream be? And this is kind of me giving a you know tip of my hat to him. Uh, so then next there's Gotta Go featuring Greg James. Right. So Greg James is actually my biological little brother. Um, and he's he's a beast at making music. And I just was like, yo, we got to do a song together. So he wrote that hook. And, um, you know, he still lives in Michigan. And, and uh, you know, we were just kind of talking about just life. And he's like, you know, I made it out, to, you know, done playing in the slums. I got to go. Like, and that's kind of just, it was us kind of throwing back to, just the idea of, man, at some point we gotta look inside ourselves and say, you know what? I'm done playing in the slums. I got I gotta go. I gotta get up out of here. You know? And that's kind of what a lot of people think about that by any means. So, you know, that could be illicit things, but like we kinda want to talk about it from the perspective of just like, man, we're gonna try to choose the a route that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be a even better route for us to for that to happen next you have black market ah black market uh <laughs> uh-oh this I, is, I see this you is. like rubbing your hands together birdman style <laughs> yeah so so this is another uh double triple entendre situation uh but it's it's one so verse one is about the, the uh you know who gave the real rick ross coat like rick ross was kind of like the original Rick Ross, not the not the guy yeah. from Miami, but Rick Ross from uh, from California. Um, he was one of the first dudes to kind of take drug dealing international. So, and what he says is, he says that he was working with the government <laughs> to do that. He says that uh, you know the way drugs was brought into the the community, it was a government thing. It was we they pump. Uh, crack into the ghetto and use that to fund the war. Now, there's also, I said, uh, I dropped the name Gary Webb. Gary Webb is the guy who broke this, and you can actually see it on Geraldo, when he was an investigative reporter who kind of broke this story about Rick Ross and the government's uh-huh. uh, involvement in the, in the crack cocaine business, and he actually wound up dying. <laughs> no one knows. He was he died. Uh, I think they they think I think they say it's a suicide, but it's one of those, you know, quote unquote, yeah, quote yeah. unquote suicide. 
<laughs> yeah, but he kind of broke this whole story. So uh, black market. And then when you talk about, um, you know, like I talk about weed in this, like California, uh, you know, how, you know, Colorado and a lot of places in the West Coast, weed is legal. But right now there's people in prison for small amounts of weed and they're there for, for a long, 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 yeah. long time. So it's like now the same thing that's harmless now that a certain group of people have been, uh, you know, that, and, and the crazy thing is also statistically, when you look at the usage of black people and white people, as far as marijuana is concerned, they use at the same rate, yet black people are two to three times as more uh, susceptible to go to jail than white people are. So it's not the fact that black people use weed more than white people or minorities use weed more than white people, black and brown people. It's the fact that they use it at the same rate, but black and brown people are in prison more than white people are. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we talk about that in, in that verse. And then, uh, the last verse, I kind of talk about myself, um, just kind of just being a business owner and, 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 uh, creating my own market. So the double entendre here, you're probably like, what's the double entendre? Well, when you think about black market, it's an area where, um, you know, things that are legal are sold. Mm -hmm. But also when you talk about black market, we can also talk about how black people's culture has been exploited and exported to the world. Yes. Um, yeah. And our culture has been, so when you think about rap, it's like, Okay, we could pick the positive rapper, or we can pick, uh, we could pick the the uh, guy with the with the with the narrative that furthers the idea of black people being criminals. Let's put the budget behind the guy that furthers that narrative. Uh, so it's black market in the sense of, you know, illegal things being sold, or black market in the sense of black people being sold, black people's culture, uh, black people actually creating these markets. Or being, you know, being being a part, being the market. <laughs> Just there, there's no aspect of American culture that isn't affected by black invention. Right. Yet, when you look in your history books, we get almost no little to no credit. So much so that for us to get a little bit of credit, there had to be a month created to say, "Hey, we're not going to put this in the history books." But let's say here's a month where we talk about what black people have contributed to this American society. So people ask why there's a Black History Month or a Black Entertainment Channel. Those channels were created or those things were created during a time where black people weren't included in history books. When you look in most history books, they don't talk about the black contributions to America besides forced slave labor. So, um, you know, when you think about that, we've contributed to everything, especially when you think arts, entertainment, culture. But I mean, even when you think at invention, I mean, there's so many black inventions that mm -hmm. were created by black people that no one knows <laughs> a black person created it. So uh, next up is Decisions with uh, Dre Murray, Chino Dallas, and Anisha Burchett. Yeah, so Decisions... It was crazy because I told uh, me and Chino was in the studio. I said, Chino, I need I need something to tell a story on. He plays this drum loop. 
And from there, it was off to the races. But I wanted to tell, you know, for most people, their introduction to, for a lot of people, their introduction to the conversation of, um, of uh, you know, black rights, civil rights, most people wasn't even on their radar until Trayvon Martin was uh was killed and then Mike Brown. It was the idea of mm-hmm. black people's interaction with police. So I remember specifically I was uh going to a church that was predominantly white and they saw kind of my frustration and my stances on social media and I remember one of the pastors specifically saying, I always thought cops were the good guys. That, that, the idea of them being the bad guys never crossed my mind. And to, that blew my mind and his. The fact, it blew, my, it blew my mind because cops have never been viewed like, it's, you know, with me, it's, it's never been that cops are good. And then for him, the idea that cops are like it was just crazy how we just grew up in two different Americas. Um, right. So I want to talk about I want to look at that from a, from one vantage point and just kind of show how you know over the past five six years how I've seen these stories play out. Um, and oftentimes it's like when you listen to. Uh, the Blue Lives Matter people, the story is pretty much the cop had no other choice but to kill this guy. Right. And then if you listen to uh, the, in the black community, it's, it, it's like that cop literally had, that cop, there's no reason why this cop should have even been in the community in the first place almost. Some extremes. Like when you look, not, so when you think about Black Lives Matter, people look at that as like some sort of extreme thing. I heard someone say that it, it's a terrorist organization. I'm like, no, that is was birthed out of the idea that people looked and said, man, our lives matter. So I wanted to tell both sides of the story. Which So you have this story where there's this kid who's about to, who got beat up and he's about to take his revenge out. And his older brother wants to save him. So he comes tries to save him and this mistaken identity. And rather than the cop take the time to think, oh, um, let me make sure this person is a threat, they come in instantly assuming that that person is a threat. So, but when you look at the way that the story unfolds, you can see how that person would come to that conclusion because they were just responding to a call of a man with a gun beating the crap out of someone. And then, but then on the flip side of it, if that person would have been less jumpy and more investigative, then everyone would have went home that night. Right. So I want to tell that story just to kind of, I want to paint a real picture of what I felt, you know, you know, as I've hear, heard, heard people come together, you know, how those situations of police brutality seem to go at times. And uh, usually there's no winners, but you know, as far as my perspective with police brutality, like it's a dangerous job, but we also have to make sure we treat people as people and each individual person. And everyone wants to go home. The police officer wants to go home, but also the person that's being arrested 
or that's being interrogated or whatever, they want to go home too. So let's all go home. <laughs> right. By, by using common sense practices and, and looking at everyone as being made in God's image. So one decision could change everything. Like when you listen to the song Decisions, you will think, dang, if this person would have did this differently, this scenario wouldn't have happened. Um, and that's kind of the kind of the, the picture that I wanted to paint with that is just the, how crazy that situation is. And then I let whoever is listening to the story determine who could have did what better. We're almost through the album. So goodbye, goodbye, yeah. lullaby. Uh, yeah, that song is, so every album, I usually have a song that's for me. That's like, I don't really care what people think about it. And it's usually the most eclectic and weird, crazy song. Cause that's just kind of how I am. And good luck by lullaby is that song. It was one of those where, um, it kind of went, I want to talk about the, the, you know, depression and and frustration and like when you listen to the song it's like again kind of like dark and it's like all over the place and i know for myself like i often have been in you know positions of depression just because you know and 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 i mean our whole world feels like it's suicidal at times and you know i want to talk about what gets a person there but then when you when you look at it and it was a cycle in my life where I know for myself that I just felt like, man, like nobody loves me, no one cares, and all those different things. So I'm writing the journey there, which is the dark chords, the hard, uh, the hard verses, everything coming together. But then you get this crack of light, and that crack of light is when Jesus enters the picture. And when you look at this whole story, the whole first half of the album, or the whole first two quarters of the album is this darkness right. that I feel like, you know, it's sad, it's dreary, it's broken. We've all experienced this in our life. Whether you dealt with the stuff that, that's in this album or not, our life, our lives had darkness. But at that, at, at a certain moment in the Christian believer, in a, in a believer in Christ's life, at that moment that your faith is in Christ, the scales come off of your eyes. The um, the you see the light, and um, your life has changed. Now that doesn't mean your circumstances change, but your perspective on how you see the world changes. Your perspective and where your faith lies changes. And I wanted to capture that in a song. So that's capturing actually the whole album too, because from here the album switches up to be a more lighter album. It goes from this darkness so this is yeah. the, this is the, the this is the uh changing point in the album you have a whole first album dark sound dark music dark content and then boom jesus breaks in and regardless of the circumstances changing uh the the your perspective changes your life changes so that's what goodbye lullaby is uh, next up is Don't Cry featuring Aaron Cole and The Right Way. Man, so Don't Cry uh, was written, uh, the hook was written by my guy, Wes. He's an amazing uh, hook writer. And it was funny because uh, he knew I was working on this album called The Trap. And he says, man, I have a, a song that uh, I don't know if it fits the album. 
probably doesn't, but I just wanted to get your opinion on it. And when I heard it, I said, this is it. This is the song that changes the the breath of the album. And it's, it, it breathes life into the album. And it's really just kind of me reflecting on just my whole life after I met Jesus and my whole, like, anyone's life after they meet Jesus. Um, again, the security is not that your circumstances change, but the security is the fact that I know what my future holds. And that's, you know, the Bible says that uh, God says he knows his thoughts of us and they're good and that they're not evil. So it's all things work together for the good of those that are in Christ Jesus. Um, I mean, there's so many promises of blessings for, for God's people. And we don't have to cry ultimately because eternally in the Christian believer and in, in a believer's life is my faith in Jesus allows me to know that even after death, I get to be with Christ for eternally. And so there's, there's no reason to cry um, because I know where my, where my future is, which kind of, mm-hmm. again, is changing the narrative. When you think about the trap, all of our traps and whatever that is, you know, for people that's it's greed, it's a uh, power, whatever that is, the quest for those things is because we're looking for security. I need more money so I can be more secure. I need more power so I can be more secure. I need to, uh, I need to, you know, do whatever so I can be secure. But when you find your security in Jesus, then those things, uh, you begin to, you begin to have less faith in those things. So, uh, and, and it really winds up, and those things are pitiful masters. Like money is a horrible master mm-hmm. because you get it every you get it every week and you lose it every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a poor master. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, pick anything. It's a poor master, but God is is a good God, and and He never leaves us or forsakes us. So that's what this song is. Okay. And see you win. A lot of times in the world, especially in America, we're all focused on trying to get to the top. And we mm-hmm. feel like everyone has to be the loser and we have to be the person at the top. But, you know, this is me saying, I want to see everybody win. Uh, like, I don't have to win at your expense. I want to see you win and I want to win as well. Okay. Now, Revolution with, with Cameo Central music video. Uh, yeah, it was dope because um, we were at South by Southwest. We had just thrown, uh, to my knowledge, the first Christian rap show official South by Southwest downtown. Nice. Um, Christian rap situation. So, um, and it was it was crazy. But um, I, um, I mean, I just thought I looked around and I thought to myself with the video like man this is the revolution the revolution is you look around and so many so many of us young i mean you have black you have black white you have all different types of people even in 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 our culture not christian rap culture but man you look at just like even christianity i just got back from israel and i was at the jordan river and you see literally people from all over the world there Mm-hmm. Uh, who have been who have been uh, affected by Christ, and it's literally, you know, 
such a diverse culture. Uh, you know, Christianity is such a diverse people that God has called to himself. So it's like, yo, welcome to the revolution. Like, uh, the revolution is, like, especially when I think about, you know, for myself, I'm going to do everything within my power to to bring people that, you know, that look like me and that don't look like me that that are broken and hurt. Like, I'm going to do everything within my power to uh, tell them about the, the water that I've drank. I've drank so they don't have to thirst again. And that's kind of the whole idea with revolution. It's like, man, I came through all this stuff. But now let's all get together and let's start a revolution. We've all we've all been broken. Let's all get together though.